ابتدایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی پاس هم روی زمین گشت سردارات بود و توی دروازه سردارات بود گل به نماز بود برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فرد گل توی هرگزه کریم ازداری فرد درگزه پرتفال باز شد علی دایی سامه توب توی درگزه ازداری یه اشتباه حرکت از کوچان نجات پرسه بلو کوچان نجات توی درگزه گل برای ایران Hello and welcome back to another episode of Golbazan Podcast. My name is Sina. The usual Sina is not available uh, for this episode, so I've been drafted in, hoping that you wouldn't notice the difference. But as always, I'm uh, I'm joined by two great friends. Um, Arya, great to speak to you and great to have you on as always. Thanks a lot, Sina, for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's good to hear you hosting for once, giving me a little, a little bit of a break from this. Uh, this side of things and uh, yeah good to have uh, Bobak here as well no of course Bobak of course as Arya mentioned good to have you on it's been a while always happy to speak to you yeah I'm at the veteran stage of my career so I have to pick pick the pods that I can participate in good to be here though I also want to add it is our eighth year now we're going to approaching our eighth year of the podcast uh, you guys were the ones who started it so you know it's uh it's kind of like a full circle moment now. No, absolutely. I, I, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I still remember the first few episodes that we we did was it back in twenty thirteen with with Barbag Pasha, but it's it's been quite a journey. Twenty fourteen, uh, twenty fourteen before the World Cup. Yeah, just before the World Cup, twenty fourteen, yeah. I think. So a shout out to Pejman and Pasha who are not here today. Of course, and we hope that they're doing well as well. Now. There's a matter of this episode, and we've got a lot on the agenda. Um, so in this episode, we'll be previewing the Iran friendly against Algeria, uh, which will be played on Sunday, the 12th of June at Suhaim Ben Hamad Stadium in Doha uh, at 9pm, I, I believe. Or you can correct me if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong. Yeah, 9pm Doha time, yeah. Perfect. So we'll discuss the squad list, um, the lack of preparation games, which seems to be a, a theme, actually, I think if we go back to eight years and, and listen to the episodes in preparation for a, for a tournament, these uh, the lack of preparation games is, is always something that is discussed. Um, we'll hear from uh, Walid Ziani, uh, an Algerian football journalist from DZ Foot, who spoke to Aria regarding the Algerian camp, and also Aria um, recorded a very interesting interview with uh, Team Ali assistant coach Mario Tot. Um, I would highly recommend that you, you listen to that. It's, it, it provides great insight. And as always, Arya asks the, uh, the difficult questions. Now, Arya, I'm, I'm going to come to you firstly in terms of the squad. Um, can you give us a breakdown of the squad? Who's been missing? Who is included? Um, and is there any surprises? Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, Ansar, if I was, was left out for the first time, I think under Skocic, uh, he had an eye issue. It was like a freak accident in training. Uh, and actually not in training, it was during his birthday in the camp. Uh, essentially got his eye poked out by a bit of wood. 
and um, now he's fine, but he wasn't really playing that much because of that in uh, his team, AK Athens, and uh, because of that, he wasn't called up. Uh, Prali Ganji, of course, hasn't played uh, almost a year now. Uh, he's now he's signed for Press Police, so hopefully he gets more game time. Uh, Salman Godus is injured, as is Vaid Amiri, who just had surgery. Uh, Shahab Zahedi also had surgery on his uh, on his uh, shin bone. I think he broke it. Um, minor uh, kind of fracture on his shin bone. Khalid Zadeh as well had a minor injury. He just signed for Al-Ahli in, uh, in Qatar. He will be teammates with Kanoni, who is suspended uh, for these uh, next two friendly matches if you play another one in September. And in the last couple, Kavir uh, Azai, of course, has not been playing much this season. Mete Gaidi, similar. He hasn't really had a lot of game time uh, in, in Dubai. And Milad Mohammadi was called up, but then got COVID very early on in the camp and then was replaced by uh, Abul Faz Jalali. Thank you for that. Babak, um, did you notice anything uh, different or did you want to see anyone um, specific? And also, I've got a, I've got a question for you with, uh, especially the transfer that um, Arya mentioned now with Choja Khayil Zadeh joining Al-Ahli. Um, how crucial do you think that would be to have the partnership of Khalil Zadeh and Khan only playing together at a club level? And would that somewhat cement their place as starting centre-backs in the World Cup? Uh, for, for, first of all, I'd like to say a couple of things about the players that are missing, uh, especially the ones who are technically, let's say, not injured, like Ansari Farad. I listened to the interview with Tot, and it sounded like he's not injured. He's okay, but he hasn't played much. Same goes with poor Ali Ganji. Of course, he's had a long-term injury. Now, this is going to be the longest camp we're going to have before the World Cup. I would have called up any player that I have in my mind for the World Cup, even even if they're not going to play, but just to be around the camp, to see how they are, how they're going to train, the chemistry with other players. So I'm surprised that Ansari Farad, if he is genuinely able to train, was not called up. The same with poor Ali Ganji. It would have been a good chance to bring him back into the fold. And the fact that he's not in here disappoints me let's say yeah it, it could have been a good chance to have him around and those are the two let's say questionable decisions uh, in terms of key players missing because we know that Ansari Farad is definitely a key squad player and in terms of leadership is probably the main leader of the squad so if if physically he's able to be around then he should have been around in my opinion on the centre-back partnership i think they've played there before obviously at paris police so uh it's not a it's not a new dynamic that was probably the basis of them being the preferred partnership for uh, skocic at the beginning of his reign i think it's their spots to lose but majid hosseini will have an opportunity he's playing with kayseri sport quite regularly probably had a decent first season where they made the cup final as well so Let's see how he plays against Algeria because most likely he's going to be playing that game. Who Ganji, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to, let's say, uh, cast aside one of the two favorites, Kanoni and Khalilzadeh. But I, I hope that both Hosseini and Pural Ganji get chances before before the World Cup because I, I genuinely think at least one of them should be starting at the World Cup. Now. Amongst all that, there was the matter of planning this preparation camp. 
and uh, it has been a chaotic one to say the least so um, to begin with um we had a friendly game organized against canada um which was later cancelled i think audio is particularly disappointed with that one so I'd, I'd definitely like to hear your thoughts on that audio um yeah. but there was also issues with for example slr players being called up which caused a misunderstanding uh between um Skocic and and the slr camp where the players played for slr in the final game of the season and then Skocic decided to drop them from the squad because of that and then they were later replaced there was the rumors of the Uruguay game happening in um, in Uruguay for Iran to fly out and play against them, which would have been a, a great opportunity to play against a very strong opposition, which didn't happen. And um, finally, uh, the, the camp was moved to Doha in Qatar with a last-minute friendly organized against Algeria. So there's a lot that's been happening. And I'm, I'm keen to, to get stuck into the details. But Ori, I was wondering, what, what do you, what do you make of all this? Um, who's really to blame for for this lack of organisation? Um, of course, there's been blames to Scottish, for example, who apparently uh, rejected the opportunity to play against Uruguay. But there's also the Iranian Federation, who, as we know, um, have a track record of, of of causing these issues. But for you, where does the blame lie? Look, there's no doubt that the the federation are trying you know we all we're not trying to say that they don't do anything of course they do and the reality is there are limitations uh, within iran that, that makes it hard for this federation to do things freely we understand that we're not going to try and lie and say that's not true however having said that this game with canada was was organized uh, as soon as it got organized uh, it was on social media that this game should get cancelled uh, everyone was talking about it. Uh, the reason being, uh, I think we can kind of go into it very briefly. Of course, a couple of years ago, um, the uh, PS752 flight got shot down. And that was a flight that had uh, Canadian nationals uh, on it that were, that were killed. And, uh, you know, quite rightly, they were unhappy that Iran were, were coming to, to play in Canada. I can completely understand it from their perspective. Nothing taken away from that at all. However, uh, the game got cancelled, and it obviously wasn't great for the from a footballing standpoint that it got cancelled literally one week before the game. So, um, as I said, when the game got announced, uh, they had a lot of uh, things going against them. People were speaking about getting this game getting cancelled. It, it, it did get cancelled. In my opinion... The Federation should have used that time wisely to look for alternatives and a plan B. Uh, they didn't. You know, they might say, yeah, we had Doha as an option, but really, I mean, come on, you didn't have any friendlies organized. So they just, you just went, you went, you went on a flight to Doha and you just got a hotel there. That's basically what they get, what they did. So the reality is there wasn't a plan B if this game got cancelled. It got cancelled. And as I said, they went to Doha and you know negotiated with various um national teams in africa such as congo uh cameroon uh, south africa none of them got 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 over the line now we have algeria which is a good game but at the same time that's only one friendly um so and i I've, I've said this before on our spaces recently you know as i said not spending time to look for our plan b a contingency 
the Federation have spent an entire month uh, looking for foreign sponsors to come in and sponsor the national team's jersey for the World Cup. They had the Iranian uh, sponsor Majid, who was previously called Meruj. They sponsored the national team towards the latter stages of the qualification. Uh, their, their quality of jersey wasn't particularly good, so they were looking for a new sponsor, uh, such as uh, Joma uh, from Spain, Kelme, uh, various other ones, Jaco uh, from Europe. So they had brought in samples uh, from Europe all the way to Iran. They paid for these things to happen. A lot of negotiating. What happened was they spent an entire month negotiating with these sponsors. And then they realized we can't pay the import tax. It's too expensive to pay the import tax, which is fine. But I mean, they, they realized it a month later. And then what happened? They, they, they said, oh, we're just going to keep Majid as a sponsor. So... <laughs> You know, they, they wasted valuable time doing things that they don't need to do. You know what I mean? So when they say, when we say there's when we say that we're blaming the federation, we're blaming them for not using their time effectively when they know they're under pressure and under limitations. Um, so you know that's a real issue for 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 the national team. Bobak, am I right in saying this is not the first time you've witnessed this with with the federation and and with with Team Ali in general when it comes to preparation? Um, but how does this differ to to previous times, and and what do you think could have been could have been done better, and what can we do from from here on to make sure that we get we get the most out of um, the the time in training camp? Not the first time, won't be the last time either. To be honest, I I stand on a different let's say position compared to Arya. I, I listen to him; he's very passionate about it. I think that uh, the Canada organization. Could have been a good friendly when you think of the U.S. game. Uh, when a when a game is cancelled for reasons that we heard a week before the game, and to to expect the federation to have had a plan B when their usual plan A is already half half asked, let's say usually is too much. I think we have to be realistic. If we want to sit here and just to crucif- crucify the federation, we can do it, and we'll spend here many hours talking about all the mistakes they do. But in this case, I would say it was, let's say, naive to set up that friendly and thinking nothing would happen. Like Arya said, yes, they were naive, definitely. But the alternative, and going to Doha for two weeks, honestly, guys, I have to say, it's not so bad. I I guarantee you the facilities are far better than in Uruguay or in uh, Canada. That's, That's one. The training facilities, Aspire, etc. They are world class, really, and that's why you regularly get people, clubs and countries going there. Not just because the Qataris like to spend money on them, etc., but the facilities are genuinely great. So that's one. Second thing is uh, by avoiding long trip to, let's say, Uruguay for 27 hours or whatever it is, and then spending one game more. They would never have spent this amount of time doing quality training and, and, and let's say, team bonding, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's clear this is not just about the friendlies. It's about the team bonding. And I think Todd said that as well. It's about the players getting along with each other and bonding with the staff as well. So being together for two weeks, just like, like you do in the tournaments, yeah, it's important. So I think that a lot of good work could have or may have 
happen potentially on the training ground. And that's, that's arguably going to be more important than what you learn in the friendly games from my perspective for a team like Iran. I mean, we have a lot of players playing in Europe. I think we could probably guess seven to eight of the starting lineup if everyone is fit for, for the World Cup. So it's not like you're experimenting so much on which players come in and out. So the game against Algeria could be one, one option for us to see things that we want on the pitch. And I'm, in, in September, we could have one or two more games. I'm not too, let's say, too down about it. I, I'm quite excited to see what will happen against Algeria after two weeks of training together for this group of players. So I'm a little bit more optimistic, which is which is probably rare for me. But what did you just say, about boy? Don't tell Kezman. Don't tell Kezman. Never use that word in your life. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen on the pitch. Of course, hey, it may all be shambolic, and we can't get two passes together. But I think that this could have done good. There's been a lot of, let's say, little murmurs coming out of previous camps about how Scottish is and how the coach is, etc. And this could have been an opportunity to set that right. And let's see. I mean, it's 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 no different to previous pre- uh, preparations that we've had historically, other than arguably with Kirosh. Although even on the friendly front with Kirosh, we were quite subpar. Let's be honest. We didn't play enough. And people used to create these conspiracies that he didn't want to play friendlies and get found out or lose and then lose their ranking. So it's not like we had we had too many friendlies under Kirosh or too many quality friendlies anyway. So let's 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 keep the jury out and see how it goes on the twelfth. Audio I, by the way, I, I kind of agree with, with Bobak. And I think if if the time is used effectively, the training camp can be really helpful. But it's on that point that I want to come to you, Aria. We stand in the current position that we're at. And we have the friendly against Algeria. Uh, we've got two weeks of, of training camp. If I was to speak to you in three weeks from now, and you were to say, this is what I what I wanted to see, this would be the best case scenario from the training camp, what would it be for you? What would you think that, that Iran Scorchich, the players, Team Meli as a whole, can gain from these two weeks. And I, I add a little bit of a, um, a, a, a kind of another point to this question. Um, and that being that, you know, when I look at the squad, I, I notice names that I, I feel like in, in not necessarily in the long term, but in, in the, in the um, as we approach the World Cup, they wouldn't necessarily be involved in the final list. So they might not even be considered for the list. And I mean, players such as, Mehdi Ashiri or uh, Surush Rafi, even for example, or even possibly Omid Ibrahimi, who I who I have always enjoyed watching him, but suddenly being called back, you wonder if it's just to make up the numbers. So, how would you want to see these two weeks used, and what, what would be the best case scenario for you? Look, this is an important time for Iran's preparation for a number of reasons. We've just finished qualification. Um, we lost to South Korea. Of course, we had players missing, but it's an opportunity, as uh, Mario Todd said on the on the on the interview, that it's an opportunity for us to just uh, clarify things, uh, think that went wrong, um, you know, brush up on the mistakes that we made, and use this time valuably to to just make sure that when we go to 
the Algeria game, when we go to our, our friendlies in September, that we're, we're, we have our plan. You know, we have our plan set in stone, you know, because when you come to, to November, you do not want to be out of options. You know, you want to be able to have plans, tactical plans that are, are going to be useful against teams like England, like uh, USA and Wales. Um, you know, under Kairos, again, come back to the last World Cup, there was a clear plan. 100% knew how the team was going to approach these matches. And we knew that there was always going to be a certain style that the, the team was going to have to play. You know, the coach was was demanding it. I would like to see Skocic now, from, from today, going on to November, start to nail down his formation, nail down what he believes are his you know, 15, 16 key players that he wants to play in November. Of course, a lot of them are missing, but he still has a lot of them there that are going to play in the World Cup and going to be important for him. And I want to be able to see in this game against Algeria, are we able to to, to not, you know, how do I say it, fight adversity? You know, if we, if we do get a goal down, are we able to come back? You know, because there will be times in, in November where, we will go a, go a goal down and, you know, it's all about showing that ability to get back in the game. Even under Kairos, we didn't really do that, you know, so there's things that we kind of have to to show now so that we can get the, the, the fans' uh, faith back in the team, you know. So, again, using this time wisely to, to f- uh, find our, our, our tactical plan is important. Uh, that's it. That's all we can really say because ultimately that's all we can do just now. Now, I want to move on to our game against Algeria. Uh, but first, let's hear from Walid Ziani, uh, the Algerian football journalist who caught up with Aria. All right, I'm joined by a good friend of the podcast, Walid Ziani from DZ Foot. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. We've known you for, for many, many years. Never actually got you on the podcast. Uh, but obviously, now that Algeria is playing Iran on Sunday, uh, we can get you on. Um, first of all, give us a little bit about your yourself and the work that you do for, for DZ Food. Yeah, so I've been uh, covering Algerian football for, I guess, almost 20 years now. Uh, time, actually, time flies. Uh, I started with them a long, long time ago. I'm uh, doing a bit less now, more social media, but, you know, always, uh, always involved with Algerian football, uh, news, interviews, uh, social media. You know, I've been covering Algerian football for, for a long, long time. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think I have a good, uh, good amount of knowledge and understanding of the context of Algerian football and uh, African football and Middle Eastern football. And yeah. stuff. Perfect. Uh, Obviously, the last time Iran uh, played Algeria was before the World Cup of 2018. Uh, it was in Graz in, in Austria. I actually went to that game. That's actually my only uh, Iran national team game that I've been to. And, you know, of course, because of that, Algeria has a, a you know, a soft space in my heart. Uh, do you remember that game? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I was I actually didn't watch it because I was on vacation in Malaysia and the game oh, was right. at like 3 a.m. or something. Yeah. And I planned on waking up, but obviously I did not wake up because it was 3 a.m. So, <laughs> but yeah. I did, I did watch the highlights and I remember, I remember the game. Yeah. It's a, it's a good game. You know, it was a, it was a good game. It was, um, you know, Iran won that game. We 
در یک زد به سر دیدنه و توی دروازه چقدر قشنگ زد گلو سردار آزمون عکد از احسان آی صفی همینجا تو به جلو میبره موقت بازی کنه ایران پاس تارمی و گل دوم بله چقدر خوب کار کردن بازی کار ما گل دوم مهدی تارمی میزنه دو هیچ برای تیمه I think Mares actually played that game as well. He, he didn't actually play too well that day. I remember he didn't have a really good game and he won't actually be available on Sunday. Um, so speaking about this Algeria squad, you know, obviously uh, there was a time where they were doing really well. You know, I don't know how well they're doing nowadays. Uh, can you give us a little bit about that? So uh, it's funny, actually. We played you guys four years ago, right before the 2018 World Cup. We're playing yeah. you again. right before the 2022 World Cup. Yeah. Uh, similar context in the sense that I- Iran is qualified, Algeria isn't. However, you know, I think that's where the similarities stop you know, in terms of the two friendlies. Uh, in 2018, we had a coach who, he wasn't a first or second choice. He was, a, let's call it a political appointment. A mm-hmm. uh, coach with not a lot of uh, success, who didn't have the backing of the fans or the players. Um, you know, it was a very... tumultuous time for Algerian football. Uh, compared to 2022, yes, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. And, you know, we're coming off a uh, disastrous African Cup campaign. But it's a very different context in that our coach has been around since 2018. Jamal Belmadi was appointed in, I believe, August 2018. Uh, so this summer is going to be four years. And it's been a long, long time since we've had a coach who's been uh, around for four years. Um, and of course, he uh, led Algeria to the 2019 African Cup title, our first title since 1990. And of course, he led the team to a 35-match unbeaten streak, uh, one of the longest streaks in the history of international football. I think it was second or third uh, behind only Italy. And uh, I can't remember the other ones, but one of the longest uh, unbeaten streaks in the history of international football. So things were going great up until the African Cup in January, uh, where we failed to win a game in a relatively easy group. with um, Sierra Leone, Equatorial Guinea, and Ivory Coast. But that wasn't, you know, most people were really looking forward to the World Cup qualifiers uh, in March. Uh, and that's really what most people were interested in. Unfortunately, uh, we, we actually won the first game in Cameroon. We got the hard part out of the way. We went to Cameroon. We won for the first time ever in the history of Algerian football. We won in Cameroon, and it was the, uh, Cameroon's first loss at home in, in a long, long time. Uh, but, but unfortunately, we lost the return leg at home. Uh, 1-0 in full time and then 2-1 on aggregate. We scored in extra time. Cameroon scored on literally the last play of the game. A lot of controversy surrounding that game, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, we, failed to, we failed to qualify. So um, with that being said, uh, it's a very different context. I think uh, Balmadi is... Uh, th- th- this Iran game is an opportunity for him to test new players. So we're not going to see, we're not gonna see uh, I think, some of the regulars. And if we compare it to the 2018 game, only three players from that game uh, might potentially participate uh, in the friendly on Sunday. So that's uh, Isa Mundi, who's the defender for Villarreal, Islam Slimani, who's a striker for Sporting in Portugal, and uh, Rami Bensbeni, who's a left back for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, like you said, Mahrez is unavailable for this one. He uh, pulled out with an injury right before the camp. And uh, we actually, this international window, we have uh, two African Cup qualifiers. The first one was against Uganda. We're playing another one, uh, I believe tomorrow, against Tanzania in Tanzania before the team travels to uh, Qatar to play against Iran. So uh, the, the, the Iran friendly is, is really an opportunity for the coach to test out some new players because I think uh, 
it's we're almost starting like a new cycle uh, for Algerian football. I think uh, Belmadi was trying to qualify to the World Cup with his uh, his core group that didn't work out. So I think for him, he's uh, he's he's uh, you know trying to refresh his squad, trying to find some some new younger players. So, so I think we're going to see some of those players against Iran. So you're not expecting to see the likes of Ismail Benasser, Adam Yunas, Rashid Ghazal. Well, I think uh, I think we might we might see them play a little bit, but I don't think they're going to get like I don't think his main objective is going to be to win that game. I think for him, uh, the two qualifiers that we have uh, before uh, the Iran game are really the important ones, and I think he's going to use the third one as uh, he's going to experiment a little bit. Although I do expect Benasser to play, uh, I expect him to uh, at least feature. I don't know if he will start, but uh, I do expect him to feature. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, and, you know, this is a game for Iran's uh, World Cup preparation. Um, do you think this game, how do you think this game will benefit Iran uh, going into the World Cup? Well, uh, unfortunately, I know Iran's uh, World Cup preparations have been, uh, how, how do we phrase it? They've been uh, upended a little bit. L- limited. Uh, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> limited. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm actually based in Canada, so I was looking forward to uh, the Canada Iran friendly uh, right, that was right. unfortunately uh, canceled due to uh, uh, let's say politics. Uh, so that that was a bit unfortunate for Iran because I think that would have been a great test against uh, you know young promising uh, Canada squad. Uh, although Algeria will be a good test as well. Uh, we have a very good squad. We have a coach that he's very demanding. Uh, he really asks a lot from his players. He has a very uh, set style of play. So I think it's going to be a good test. Uh, against a you know a very organized, very technical team, um, I don't know if it really fits into Iran's World Cup group, and I don't remember your exact group uh, off the top of my head. USA, uh, England, I, and Wales. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, in terms of football, you know, I'm not going to say that we, you know, we we necessarily uh, play like any of those teams, but you know, for for Iran, it's going to be a good test. Uh, you know, to test their to test their ability to test their to see where they're at. Like it's going to be a good lit- litmus test for them. So you know, they're Perfect. still playing against a, a good team, one mm-hmm. of the better teams in Africa, one of the better better teams, uh, you know, in the Arab world. Yeah, can you give us a prediction for this game? I'm not very good with predictions. All my predictions somehow end up wrong. So whatever I say, probably take the opposite. But with that being said, I think. Uh, Iran has the upper hand, um, you know, just based on where you guys are. You guys are going to a World Cup, uh, and the players really need to impress uh, with about five, six months to go to the World Cup. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you know what? I, I think it'll be a similar score to the last game, uh, Iran two, Algeria one. But I think it will be close. I, I just think Iran has the edge, just because you guys are way further ahead in your in your uh, cycle obviously you guys are going to world cup for us it's it's a newer cycle so uh, i'll give iran the, the slight advantage of this one but you know i'm expecting a very entertaining game iran plays uh, great football algeria plays good football uh, you know even though some of these newer players we don't really know uh, how, how they're going to perform but you know having seen them with their clubs i know they do play uh, you know a nice blend of football so so looking forward to it well, yeah, I really appreciate your time uh, for coming on Globazan. Uh, just uh, can you shout out your uh, your social medias and, and how to find you on 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 uh, DZ uh, DZ Foot? Yeah, so if you if you're on Twitter, you can follow me. What is Yanni? My ad is uh, B Y L K A six one three underscore. Um, but yeah, if you just type in What is Yanni, you can usually find me. 
Uh, I also run the uh, DZ Food English uh, Twitter page as well. So, um, you know, either of those, uh, you can find me. And yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. And, uh, you know, I wish uh, Iran the best of luck at, uh, at the World Cup. Moving on to the Algeria game. Um, this is a team that we have played previously, recently, um, in preparation for the 2018 World Cup. Audio was actually at the game. Um, Bobak, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you first. Um, is this a good preparation game um, when you look at the opponents that we have in the, um, in the World Cup? I can split that into two. The first part, is it a good preparation game? Yes. Algeria is one of the best countries, footballing countries in Africa. It's clear. Uh, they were African champions, the penultimate edition. If the lineup that I, when I look at their lineup today against Tanzania, if more most of these players are playing, then I think it'll be a good, good test for our players. You're, the second part of your question was when you look at our opponents at the World Cup, then I would say they're probably not like any of them. Canada could have been a bit like uh, the US, obviously. And if we really want to be technical, then we should try to make it friendly with uh, Scotland or Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland in September, because that would sort of mimic the Welsh, a little bit maybe the English. I'll stop you there, Robert, just for one second. I will say that a lot of those teams you just mentioned will have their schedules absolutely packed for the Nations League. That's why they'll be probably unavailable. Uh, in, in September. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. But that, that those are the kind of friendlies that I would have been looking to make. And uh, this could have been a potential opportunity. But of course, like you say, they've got schedules set up. So when you, when you consider that, which is a valid point, then you're left with very little option. And it's probably mostly outside Europe. And if that's the case, then Algeria is probably among the best that you can probably muster at a week's notice. So I think overall, this is the best of a bad situation. And we should just wait out and see how, how it goes on, on Sunday. Olya, as I mentioned, you were at the game uh, back in yeah. 2018 against Algeria. Um, so, again, comparing Algeria to the team that, that it was in 2018 and um, the way we played against them at the time, and now, when you look at this game, this game coming up, how would you how would you compare it, and and what kind of opponent did you see in Algeria back then, and what do you expect in this upcoming friendly? Well, back then, uh, I think as Walid said on, on the interview, um, they had a team that you know they had Mares playing that day, but he didn't really play that well. The team that they had back then wasn't particularly good. They had a coach that, uh, again, as Walid said. It was only in for for political reasons. It wasn't really something that the the if they wanted uh, in charge. Now they have you know Belmadi who has not 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 done too badly, not done too great either for them. Um, this team, uh, you know, the good players, uh, playing all over Europe. Uh, Ismail Benasser just won the the Italian league with AC Milan. Um, you know, very good, very good players. But the reality is, uh, in this game, the coach could, uh, as again, as Walid said, they could play more reserve and sub players in this game. So, as much as I would like to see them play a strong team, it might not be that difficult for for Iran, and that could be, you know, not that, that you know, it's not what you want. You want a team to come out and give you a bit of a challenge. So, I hope that. 
you know, we do see a little bit of, of, of their kind of talented players, maybe Rashid Ghazal, uh, he could start the game. But at the same time, we, we, we need to be able to also, you know, win the game. So, so you know, yeah, I think this game is going to be a, it's going to be a good test for Iran. Uh, but I really want them to, to be challenged too. So looking at it from, from Iran and, and Team Meli's perspective, Considering that this is the only friendly we have in this window, Bobak, how would you like to see us line up? I know there's a lot of players missing as well, as, as both you and, and Audio mentioned earlier um, in the conversation. Would you, for example, like to see uh, Scottish play the strongest team that he possibly can? Or would you like to give some of the younger players a try, maybe players um, that haven't had a chance to show what they can do? No, I think that uh, he should play the strongest lineup he thinks is out there from that camp. And if the young player that you mentioned, for example, now has a chance as in with a reckoning for the World Cup squad and he wants to see how he performs at international level, then so be it. Give him a chance. But it shouldn't be done just for the sake of it. So one thing I would be interested to see is to see Alayar Sayed Manesh play uh, somewhere around the top. We, we've got a lot of players missing, as you know. So it could be an opportunity. I would like to see him get more minutes than just the usual 15-20 minute cameo. Would be nice to see how he could p- potentially complement Mehdi Taremi and uh, Sardar Osmoon, because I think he could be a player that, uh, if he settles in over the next few months in England, could have a important role to play at the World Cup. So that's definitely something I would like to see. I would like to see a different centre-back partnership and we know we will get that because of the missing players. So Majid Hosseini, let's see who he partners him with. It'll be interesting to see who he puts in goal. Um, Obviously, it's probably Abed Zadeh who is just about ahead of Bayron Van right now and Bayron Van's just returned to Persepolis. So that would give him a chance to come back into top spot if he has a good few months in Iran. So that would be an interesting choice. But overall, I think there are one or two areas, central midfield, another one. Uh, is he going to experiment or is he going to go for, let's say, Saeed, Nurulahi and Haj Safi, which would be the, the blandest choice, let's say. Uh, not to take anything away from Ezetulahi, of course, who is probably the key player in the hearts of the team. So there are a few areas where, let's say, Scottish's selection will illuminate what he's thinking but overall it should be a time to experiment only to answer let's say the questions he has or the doubts he may have over one or two players rather than just uh, looking at that bloated squad for the camp just to give players chances for the sake of it. Aria I'm going to come to you on the back of that question um, so how would you, again, like to see Iran line up? I think um, Arya, sorry, Bobak mentioned a very good point in terms of the centre-back partnership, because as you alluded to earlier, we are missing Khalil Zadeh, Purali Yanji and Kan Oni. So Majid Hosseini, I would be really, really surprised if he doesn't start. And if we go with the assumption that he does, who would you like to see beside him? Uh, well, the only player there that's kind of, been part of the squad recently um, and is a centre-back is RF Kolami, uh, who's, you know, he's, he got one cap against South Korea, was at right-back, didn't play particularly well. 
He's, he's had a good season for Estegal, from what I'm hearing. I've not really watched too much of the games. From what I'm hearing, he's had a good season. And obviously, they they, they, did, they did win the league as well. So he could start, for example. Obviously, Noor Afghan did play there as well at one point in the qualification. I can't remember who it was against. He could play there. Um, and then Ar- Armina Sorabian and Arif Agassir, the other two. But I don't see them playing. They're both uncapped. So, yeah, uh, for me, I would play probably RF Golami there to just try him out because in, in the day you never know uh, Canoni could get injured uh, Purali Ganji might not come back uh, you know early enough it could happen so you might need an, another centre back in there so yeah it would be good to see RF Golami starting um, and you know I think the, the team itself should be quite complete of course there's no someone go do but ultimately the, the forward line is there Osman and Taremi haven't played together for I think over six months. Uh, they've they've op- they've both either one of them has been missing each time there's been a game, uh, and this will be the first game that they'll play together in quite a long time. I wonder if Skocic will. That, that's the key for us. That's the key. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that partnership is going to be the key for the whole World Cup. Yeah. As yeah, as that's... Mario talked in the interview, you know, that uh, is what they're trying to aim aim to. Yeah, under Kirush, you always wondered against the bigger teams, would we give them the ammunition? And that's where we fell short sometimes. But with Skocic, it's a little little bit more expensive. And you would hope that if they get the way Taremi and Asmun have been informed this season, especially Taremi, if they get those chances at the World Cup, they would you would probably bet on them putting them away. Yeah, and, and I wonder if if Skocic will revert to a 4-4-2. Uh, you know. Actually, our formation has not played for a little while. He's been playing 4-3-3 quite a lot, again, because of the Osmond Taremi uh, not being available. Uh, you know, one of them always missing. So it would be interesting if it goes 4-4-2. Then, you know, will will he play uh, as, as a, like a wide midfielder? Ali uh, Qawli uh, has had a bit of an injury in, in camp, so he might not start the game for precaution reasons. Jahan uh, Bakhsh hasn't had a great season for Feyenoord. Um, you know, disappointing for him, actually. Uh, despite actually going to the, the final of the conference league, hasn't a great season for him personally. He could still start, you know, being being one of the captains of the team. Um, uh, and then you know, uh, Hoy Safi has been quite good at left back for AK Athens. He might play there. You never know. Uh, Nur Afghan, sorry, hasn't had a great uh, Asian Champions League recently for Sepahan. That could be a reason why he gets dropped. So there, there's options uh, for Scotland in this game. Now, obviously, I would love to see only the Ibrahimi play. I think he's very important to this team, despite not being part of the qualification too much. I think he should probably get some minutes there. I mean, Hossein Hossein Zadeh has a very good season at Estelle. I would like to see him play as well. Omid, do you think Omid has a role to play at the World Cup at 34 so. going on 35? Yeah, look, the age is is obviously a, a big a big one, no doubt about it. But at the same time, we don't have that many midfielders of his quality. You know, give me a guy like uh, Milad Salak or Ahmad Nurlahi. Uh, you know, these guys they're probably good. You know, in terms of their their physicality and, and getting up and down the pitch. But when you when you talk about keeping the ball, keeping possession, I don't see it from them at all. Uh, whereas Omid has that in him. I, what, even about his age. what about Mehdi yeah, Poor? is a guy he's as done, a, he's done decent in the games. I know he's only had a couple yeah. of um, appearances, but he he's done 
decent in those? Yes. Do you think that this camp is important for him in the sense that you know he could be picked over someone like Omid Ibrahimi and all the experience that he's got? Absolutely. I think Mehdi Poor showed some good things in that game against South Korea and against Lebanon. Um, a player who clearly has great technical ability, can pass the ball, can shoot from distance, and also a set-piece specialist, which we don't have a lot of in, in the team. So he could be very good. Uh, obviously, he's not very experienced in the national team. He's only, like, he's only had two games, uh, as I just mentioned. So despite a good season for SLL, I want to see him play more in the national team jersey. So hopefully he does that on, on Sunday as well. Other than that... Uh, the, the, uh, the next question, I think, from, from Sina, uh, we'll come on to that in, in a second. Yes, so uh, we actually do have a question whilst we're on the topic from Twitter. Um, and this pickup for Life 10, uh, who has asked, should Hardoni start over Moharrami as he hasn't been playing regularly? Uh, for me, yeah. I think, I think you know, uh, although Moharrami is very, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a like uh, a liability if he plays regularly but when he doesn't play regularly we've seen there's been times where he does become a liability at times at the back and you know I think it's a good chance to see a guy like Hardoni play this game and we can make as many subs as we want to it's, it's a friendly it's not a, a qualification game we can make subs so Moharami can come on and, and this game and still have an impact so I would like to see Hardoni play but I wouldn't mind seeing Moharami get his game time that he hasn't been getting. And that's a similar point I want to make about Bernalvan and Obadzadeh as well, because Obadzadeh, although he's been playing regularly, Bernalvan hasn't. So the question is, which of them actually needs this game? You know, does Obadzadeh need to play? I mean, it'd be good to see him play, but Bernalvan probably needs this game more than him. So that's why I can see him playing Bernalvan in goals. I think I think the one thing Scotchish has almost been consistent about throughout is if a player is not playing at his club, he doesn't usually play him, and that's something that he whether it's domestic or or uh, abroad in Europe, and it, it's happened with quite a few players to be honest with you. So maybe Jahan Bach is just on the periphery of that uh, of that uh, theory, yeah, because he's not been a regular player at the club, although he comes on almost every game at least. But so with with that token, that's why Baron Van's not in. And then it's possible that, like you say, Hardani might get a chance. Although you both know who I think should be playing right back, and he's not in the squad. And uh, he's the kind of guy you want with you on the battlefield if if the going goes tough. And Cristiano knows him quite well, but I'm not gonna name drop him here. Yeah, we've, we've brought up too much on on this podcast. But the other point I want to make is interesting how he brought in uh, Mehdi Shiri instead of Donyan Esmaili first had a very good season for Sepahan at right back as well. So interesting selection there. I don't know what you think, Sina. Yeah, I agree. Um Esmaili to be fair to him has been has done quite well for a for a few seasons now. And um he was even around during the uh, the time of Khafuri and, and Rami Rezoyan and it was really difficult to knock those two off. Uh, but now I'm I am a little bit baffled as to why he's not beginning those opportunities, especially if someone like Mehdi Shiri is getting picked over him, someone who um, is, I think, 30, 31 years old now. He's, he didn't necessarily do that great at Perspolis and then was ultimately replaced by, by Rezo Yan. So I agree with you. And, and as I, I mentioned earlier as well, it seems like there's a few names in there that, that 
will probably not be considered when the time comes for him to pick the yeah. World Cup score. We, we should we should mention uh, Ali Alipur as well. We should mention Ali Alipur is back in the team after a long time. He's not been in the team for a long time, and he had a very good season. Well, not not very good, but he had a good season for Maritimo himself. Just step up, just step up for him. And so, to be honest, I, I didn't expect it. So and yeah. he's got a transfer out of it yeah. as well to uh, Gilles Vicente. So you know, good good to see him play uh, back in the team. I think he's 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 kind of deserved it. Very good point that you mentioned. Um, the reason I say that is because you know we we often and I'm guilty of it. You know we we sit down and we talk about about the players who, especially the ones who move out of Iran and and maybe don't settle the way that they should and we get disappointed by their efforts uh, so when something like this does happen where he was probably disappointed with his start in Portugal I think we all were and we were expecting him to move back to Iran as a lot of players previously in his position had done so but to work hard to to find his feet and do as well as he has done and, and like you said earlier he does deserve the, the call up even if he doesn't get a game, or even if he's not considered for the World Cup, I think this this um, call up is more or less a recognition of his efforts, and I think we should recognize that as well. I I don't think that the Scottish is the type. I mean, I think he's anyone he's called up, he is. Cons- they are in with a shout. So depending on how they do in the camp, and then how they do at the beginning of next season with their clubs and obviously injuries can happen and the opportunities are there. I mean, if you look at the Alipur situation, up front, you've got Zahedi, Rezai, and Sarifad. All of them have big question marks next to them right now. Zahedi, arguably, yes, he's injured, but he's never been like getting the game time for Iran. So it's possible that someone like Alipur could sneak in if he has a good start of the season in Portugal. What I wanted to say, though, was that the biggest doubt on this team come on the defense, which is very different to the Kirosh era, of course. At the moment, you would be hard-pressed to predict the back five for the first game. Left back, there's a big question mark. Right back could go either way, could go anyone. Center back, okay, logically, Khalid Zadeh and Kanani are his favorites, but anything can happen with Majid Hosseini and then Pureli Ganji coming in, and goalkeeper, we don't know who's going to start. So the disruptive nature of the back five is not so good. It's the one area of the team where you want some stability and you want the players playing with each other. So that's going to be an area to watch. I think he has tried um, to be like consistent with Khalid Zadeh and Kanani. I personally just don't think that Khalid Zadeh, for example, is at the quality the national team wants. That's my opinion. I think he's a good defender. I don't think he's bad, but I think a guy like Majid playing regularly in the Turkish league is at the the quality and and he has he's getting the right experience to play against a team like England, for example. Um, you know, I don't I don't I just don't see how playing an Al Ahli we can week out or Al Rayan, for example, we can week out is going to be beneficial for our player. That's going to go up not against. Only that, he's thirty three or thirty four. Yeah, exactly. At his age, so many factors to it. Yeah, and who do you want to be marking uh, Harry Kane? For example, yeah. uh, I mean, the, the, he, like you said, he's not of that quality, and it doesn't matter if he's playing for Al Ahli today or whomever. It, it, he's at that stage of his career where you know what you get with him, and it's erratic at at, at many times. And yeah. even even in the qualification games against the UAE, we were very lucky 
because he made a couple of crazy decisions. Actually, both of them were all over the place, but he, he doesn't give me any faith. And for me, Kanani, I can sort of make my peace with it because he's been consistent and influential for the team. But definitely someone like Hosseini or Pur Ali Genji has to partner him. And if they don't get game time together before the World Cup, you would argue that Skocic may go back to his, let's call it the safety net well, of knowing to know each other. I asked Todd this question. He said, you know, if Kanani is going to miss this game against Algeria and then uh, potentially the next game again in September, whoever it's, whoever it's against, you know, I said, is that going to be, you know, a detriment to, to your back line? He said, yeah, it is. And that is a big uh, talking point there because Kanani is his pillar in defence, Skocic. You know, missing him for these preparation games can be very detrimental. You know, I'm not saying it, I'm just, just, being, just being honest, it is, you know. So hopefully Maggi takes this opportunity to kind of show himself. I agree with both of you. I think defence is... is um something that's under Eskocic hasn't been too great, not just in terms of the inconsistency in, in the lineup, putting aside the Khalilzada and Kanani partnership, but also I think in terms of tactics and the way he's approached games, there's been game, there's been times where we've been a little bit confused as to um, what the aim or, or how the team is trying to defend against teams. Um, so it would certainly be interesting um, to see that in the Algeria game. And that's exactly my next question, actually. That's, look, we all know football nowadays, whether it's club or, or country or whether it's friendly or, 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 a, or an official match, um, it's the victory that matters. You know, we, we all want to see a result. However, putting aside the result, what are the key factors you would like to see in the game? So what would be the key performance indicators if you want to call it that that would um, make you optimistic um, for the uh, for the World Cup and, and for the um, for the preparation between now and then and Audio, I'm going to come to you with this one first uh, look as you said we need to try and win the game for confidence uh, but I do want to see us creating a lot of chances you know I don't think we've done that in qualification creating meaningful chances being uh, productive in the final third it's kind of been a bit of hit and hope, get it to Osmond or Taremi and just try and score a goal that way. That isn't that isn't good enough for me. For a national team that's that's first ranked in Asia, there has to be more to their game. You have to be able to to show a little bit about you, you know, a little bit about your, yourself. You know, I think we've got players like Syed Manesh who can do that, create width, you know, create a bit of a bit of a panic for the defenders 1v1. That would be great to see, you know. Kolizade uh, hasn't also had a great season for Charleroi, but he's a player who's obviously got that left foot, you know, wand who can make chances happen. But we need to see it more from him. Uh, Jahan Baksh is similar, you know, similar boat as Kolizade. Can we create chances from a wide area? If we're going to play Osmond Tarmi together, get it to them. But one of the things that I think is very key with Osmond and Tarmi, and Bob, I want to get your point on this, when they play too close to each other, it almost becomes difficult for them to find space. There's been times where I've noticed that when they're very close as a duo, they kind of cancel each other out and they can't really get into positions they want to and they get marked because you know, it's, it's too congested. Uh, I believe if it was up to me, I would go 4-3-3. I would put, I would, I would put Tarimi as, a, as like an inside left player uh, and just off Osmond you know, just to create a little bit more space in that position because 
if we can do that, they'll score a lot of goals. No doubt about it. Yeah, could be. I mean, maybe in fleeting moments. And but but like you said earlier, they haven't played together for a long time, and you almost forget how it was. So, I would I would I would watch this. I would watch it, and I would I I would think that you would want them both closer to the center of the field where they can be influential and cause the most damage, like they do for their clubs. So I'm actually leaning towards having Taremi closer to the middle rather than moving him too far left. But uh, good point, and it's something I'm going to keep an eye out on for on Sunday. Guys, I'm going to ask for your predictions. Uh, Bobak, this must be your favorite part, so I'm going to go with you first. What do you think the score uh, will be? I think it'll be a draw, maybe 1-1, but I'm I'm not really concerned about the result unless it's, let's say... Unless we crush them or they crush us, I think it's it's, it's going to be more about the, answering some of the questions we all asked each other here today. So looking at the defensive lineup, looking at who plays in the middle, in the midfield, and how the partnership or the chemistry up front is. So I think that's more important at this stage of our preparations. Uh, for oh, yeah. me, for me, you know, knowing Skocic, knowing what he's done in qualification, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a surprise in the lineup. Maybe even seeing Mehdi Hosseini from uh, Mesut Afsan John starting. Okay, for example. But on this, on a serious note, I, I think Iran should do well in this game. Uh, as I said, Algeria probably won't play their first team. So we should be keep possession, and I think if we can create one or two chances for. For Osmond and Tarmi, who are, who are actually on form, I think we can win the game similar to the one in 2018 where it was 2 1. Osmond and Tarmi both scored a goal in that game. I think that could happen again. Guys, it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, before I wrap it up, do you have any final points that you want to make at all, Bobak? No, I think uh, it's been a while since. Uh... Let's say we've we've watched the national team, and it'll be good to put behind this the drama of the past few weeks and just focus on what's on the pitch. So I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. Yeah, Audio. similar. Yeah, similar. Look, I think it's uh, it's good to see the team play. They needed a friendly, and they got one. So this is it's a good friendly. It is a good game. Um, hope the 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 fans enjoy it. I hope we we get to win the game. Uh, that's important as well. Um, and you know, make the most out of it because this is the only game we're going to play in June. Like I said, I appreciate the time both of you put into this and uh, giving us your insights. Um, now, as we said, oh yeah, can you actually confirm when the game is again and, and the timing of it as well? Yeah, so it's Sunday, uh, June twelfth, uh, at the uh, Suheim Ben Hamad Stadium in Doha uh, at nine p.m. local time. So that's uh, 7 p.m. UK time. Perfect. Now, as always, I would expect you that, uh, you know, you will be holding a live Twitter space as well before and after kickoff. Um, yeah, yeah. So we will have a Twitter space uh, for sure before the kickoff. Uh, so please join us on that. Perfect. I'll, I'll definitely be listening to that one. And of course, we'll ret- return with the analysis of the game and more exclusive interviews on the next episodes. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed listening. Um, as always, Give us your feedback. Uh, tell us what you thought on the points that both Arya and Bobak made. Um, and yeah, stay tuned and follow us on all social media podcast platforms. And uh, we'll uh, see you soon. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thanks for
Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray from ESPN and EA Sports. You're listening to Gold Bazan Podcast. 